can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Council for the Model Aquatic Health Code, aka CMAC. CMAC is a member-driven organization that keeps the Model Aquatic Health Code sustainable, current, and complete. Your expertise is needed. Learn more at CMAC.org. That's C-M-A-H-C.org. Welcome to Tuesdays with Kelly and Dan. Hi, How everybody. are you doing? I am doing well. I uh, just got back from uh, a little bit of an extended weekend. We took our daughter, turned 21, October 25th, and we took her uh, and some friends of ours and friends of hers out to Vegas to celebrate her 21st birthday. Isn't so that exciting? It was. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, what's funny is we were there when she was probably about eight years old. Um, we we did a trip to California, This you know, went from San Francisco down to Hollywood to Disneyland, and we had brought my two older nieces with who were our babysitters for our kids <laughs> for the longest time. And, and we thought, Oh, it'd be a nice trip for the, the six of us to go and, and treated them to go with us. And my oldest niece turned 21 at the time. So we're like, well, if we're going on this trip, her birthday literally was two days before the trip was over. We got to hit Vegas on our way back. So we flew <laughs> home out of Vegas at any rate, our daughter at eight years old, we stayed in Caesars and all of the uh, naked statues throughout Caesars just <laughs> appalled her. And she, uh, she she swore up and down she would never have anything to do with Vegas ever again. Can't believe we even went there. Um, you know, it was the worst place in the world. So here we are a number of years later. She's 21. And, and we said, well, is there anything you want to do? Her, her brother, who's a... About a year and a half older when he turned 21 he's was down in alabama we went to jack daniels distillery and went to nashville for a weekend with him um his, his younger sister might have been with i don't know uh, i'm sure she had not drank anything that weekend because she wasn't 21 so yeah. um Maybe but at any just... rate yeah <laughs> <laughs> at any rate uh what do you you know sydney what do you want to do for your for your yeah. i think i'd like to go to vegas can i go to vegas Sure, we'll go to Vegas. Thought you didn't like Vegas. Well, <laughs> but I was eight. <laughs> okay. Hey, when we, when I was about eight years old, me and my parents and my sister went to Vegas for the international show. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, I don't recall going into Caesars, but I recall my sister being terrified of all of the wax people at MGM. So you oh. had like, the Wizard of Oz people and all of that. Like she was terrified, yeah. like running away screaming. And my <laughs> parents would have to like get her. And then I also remember my dad was still at the show. Me and my sister, my mom went to see the um the volcano erupt went back when yeah. they had yeah. the volcano. 
Mirage, sure. She hightailed her ass, almost got hit by a car. Thank God some guy grabbed her. But she, it was <laughs> it was like a torture session for her. <laughs> How old was she, did you say? Four or five years old. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I didn't go back to Vegas until Max was about a year old. But, yeah, she that was... So I get the part where she's like, oh, my God, I'm appalled by these naked statues. And we, yeah. we were the opposite. We got the wax people creeping her out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you, it might have been around that time or a little before where Vegas tried to become family friendly. I don't know. Yeah, that was about that, when but, we were there. Yeah. yeah. OK. You know, MGM even had a uh, amusement park yep. behind it. Yeah. Yep. We went to it. Um, what else did we do? We saw the. uh Treasure Island had the ship that would sink. Yep, the battle would go on for sure. Yep. Yeah, that, you know, back then it was kind of fun just to walk up and down the strip and and catch all those shows. And and now, well, the Mirage, I believe, as of right now, still does a volcano, but the Mirage was just bought by uh, Hard Rock. I heard so that. I heard that uh, on a TikTok. They're going to be rebranding that and and supporting. Uh, Tearing the volcano down and putting a guitar-shaped tower out there, hotel rooms. And what stuff. is it called? Bally's? Bailey's? That one got bought out, and they're tearing it down. Bally's. Uh, Bally's is uh, is now, is it Golden Nugget or something like that that, that bought oh them? Yeah. Yeah, lots of, lots of major changes. Right. Think, well, look, we'll get to see them all one more time before they tear it all down. Yeah, isn't that great? And... Uh, just a couple of weeks from now. I'm not sure. Exactly yes. when we'll, so if when... you guys are at the international show and you see us, please come say hi because we won't know if you know us. <laughs> yeah. You definitely got to come search us out. Rudy's always saying, uh, you know, find him, shake his hand, have a cup of coffee. I probably um, won't be having cups of coffee. I probably will having a couple drinks on my adult vacation. There you go. Uh, you will also probably see me in a very sparkly dress. So, very sparkly. Yes. Well, that uh, that's going to be a good time. I hope that uh, we're able to see a lot of our listeners and that we're all able to get together and, and hang out. And you don't know. hesitate to tell us, like, give us feedback. We like feedback. We appreciate it because that helps us improve what we are doing for you. And it helps us know what to talk about. Because like I told you before, it's not the easiest thing to come up with a subject every week. So. No, it's it's definitely not. But this week, um, in fact, just today, you were out doing some commercial work, weren't you? Yes, I've been in commercial mode all day. Um, I was even in commercial mode part of Monday. Um, there is a company in our area, um, Rob's Commercial Pools, and they only do com- they only do commercials, and these aren't like your you know, run-down apartment complex type of pools. These are really high-end, you know, communities. They even take care of currently um, the pool at North Star in Tahoe. Oh. Which is actually not just one pool, it's multiple pools. Sure. Um, But uh, my dad's friends with the owner, and he helps them out a lot with repairs. And so I'm going to start doing that and help them with warranty work with Hayward Products. Um, so got to go out to a job site for a retirement community on Monday because they had installed 
two new pumps onto a single suction line. Something I learned, like I do have some background with commercial, but mine's more of like the maintenance side. When I would have um, repairs, I would just have my dad take care of it when it came to commercial because in my opinion, it's a little bit more detail necessary. You know, you're dealing with three-phase sure. electrical, gas lines, you know, these yeah. little mini tiny, tiny ass rooms that you're shoving all this stuff in. So at that time when I was taking care of them, I just give it to my dad. Um, also, I didn't have my contractor's license at that time. So he would have to do it by law because you have to have a contractor's license in California to do those repairs. Um so, yeah, I learned that if you put two pumps on a single section line for whatever reason uh, to make sure that you do put um, on this one, we put the we put two check valves in one for each pump on the return side. Yeah. Because what was happening was even though you would have one pump on, you'd have another one off and water was still going through that second pump and causing the impeller to rotate making it into a generator and the display would still maintain everything. You can read it, you can see the air codes, you could, it would say overpower. And um, yet when you put your meter on the back of the pump, it says there's no power. It was because it's mm -hmm. generating it. So putting those check valves on it actually solved the issue because water was not able to go through that second pump anymore. And it resolved all the issues. So that was kind of neat to learn. Yeah. Um, so it it wasn't a ghost pump for Halloween then. It was no, it was not. A, it was not a ghost pump. It wasn't just there for you know. Let's put it nicely. You uh, can walk out with your EMF meter and yeah, it's not there for to, decorative purposes to look fancy. You know, they were in competition of who has the nicest equipment pad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so that was. That was really cool to learn. Yeah, commercial pools. Um, you know, we we service mostly residential, but we do have a significant amount of commercial that we do, especially in the city of Chicago. And not all of our technicians are people that go out to commercial. So kind of like you were saying that you, you know, for a long time you would have your dad do it. It is something that that we just like you. We feel that you you need to have a certain level of experience and. Um, just as it takes a while to become experienced with the residential end of what we do, it, it if you're not doing it every day, the commercial end of things, because the exposure isn't as much, it takes a little bit longer for people, for us anyway, to become acclimated enough that we feel comfortable that they're they're going to represent us well, do a good job, and and not get themselves into trouble where they might open a three-phase pump and not understand that that third wire isn't a ground wire you know? right um things like that so um i i understand that completely so it's exciting for you to to be spending the day on commercial stuff right yeah it actually is because i i love to learn new things but i'm and some things i'm nervous to do and i i'm like no i need you to show me it but some of the stuff if it has the same concept as uh, residential, like an example, today for I went to a, another one of their properties and their uh, multi-port valve was leaking th 
through the backwash. So it's constantly just pushing water, which obviously that gets expensive, at least where we live. Um, you know, you have heated water leaking out of the backwash uh, reservoir. Yeah. And um, so it was neat to, I was like, hey, this is something I'm totally capable of doing because I've done similar things in residential. And, you know, it's not like, oh, you, like you were saying, it's not like I'm going to have to understand the three phase on putting a backwash valve in. They decided to just do a push pull, which was fine. Um, took me, you know, about hour and a half, two hours to do it. but. Yeah, I I like to go into new situations and learn things. Maybe it's because I went to school my entire life. And then when you're done with school, you're like, what the hell do I do? Because I don't know anything different. <laughs> so and then when I was done with that, uh, I went to their shop because Hayward was there to to do some training with their employees on Hayward equipment since they're starting to put it in. So I got to learn about like um, their XL pump. They I got to learn about their variable um, oh, variable frequency drives. A commercial, yeah. There, that's sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which that was actually really neat. I liked that you can change the the speeds of it and and the horsepower and all of that was that was like I'm like wow what these things are capable of doing in a commercial setting is incredible. Um, got to learn about their H series commercial heater. Um, I even won a gift card to Amazon because they were giving out gift cards for answering questions because they wanted to make sure that everyone um, absorbed the information. And so when they're like you know. How much is what's the minimum, you know, gas pressure with your manometer that it has to be in order to work? And everyone's like, oh, four. And I'm like, four and a half over here. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Little brown nose and Kelly back in the corner. Oh, my God. And gift I, card. I was trying so hard. Like, I'm like, OK, compared to a lot of people, I do know Hayward really well. And so it's like I try to just sit back and observe and obtain yeah. information and not try to put my two cents in but sometimes you know i i can't well, stop hell, there myself. was money on the line you, you're not going to sit back okay. that's right and 25 dollars for amazon by the way my birthday is in a little over a month so i'll give you my <laughs> amazon list you can put that to good use i i love it i will i will definitely <laughs> do that um but i also got to learn about their chemical controls their cat uh 5500 we got to see they gave their pointers I did give, you know, a little bit of information like, hey, if you just can't get the sys the pump to work, just turn the, uh, not on the variable frequency, but just the XL pump and the control on the back. I was like, just turn it off, turn the breaker off for four whole minutes so it can completely power down. And that does solve, even with the residential pumps for Hayward, that solves a lot of issues I found. Yeah. Um, Reboot it just like... Uh... Good old Bill Gates's windows, right? Yeah. Turn it off, turn it on. Oh hell, we have to do that with our phones anymore too. I mean, my I phone, have to, I have to do it every two days. I, Otherwise, my phone, oh, I was I just gonna my, say, if I don't, my, I will miss phone calls and text messages. Like I'll turn it off, turn it on, and all of a sudden my phone just blows up. Yep. I have mine. Uh, my phone has a setting in it where I can have it automatically reboot 
at a certain time every day. Yeah. So at like one in the morning or two in the morning or something, it automatically turns off and on and, and hopefully it's good for the next day. But, you know, you had mentioned something earlier with the variable frequency drive. There's, um, uh, there, there's so many, so many potential opportunities out there when you know, the, the more, you know, right. So mm-hmm. the, energy savings by adding a variable frequency drive to a three-phase motor in a commercial application in many instances is huge. And when you're talking about pumps that are uh, almost every state requires that commercial pumps run 24-7, right? And always those commercial pumps are oversized for the application. They, if, if you have a pool that requires eight horsepower worth of water, there isn't an eight horsepower pump. So you put in a 10 horsepower pump and you throttle it down with a discharge valve if if need be to, to control the flow. By throwing that variable frequency drive on that pump, you can slow the pump down to be an eight horsepower pump, just utilizing the, the three phase power going into it. And having the, the knowledge of that being available and the ability, certainly in some areas you need to be licensed a certain way to be able to work on electrical and to do things like that. But the potential of, of a lot of income that's easily shown to a commercial property manager or owner as to how it's going to pay them back very quickly with their electrical costs, just like we do residentially, is really big. Kelly and Dan will be right back after these messages. Have you heard there is a group of pool service professionals nationwide that are here to help grow and protect your business? The Independent Pool and Spa Service Association, known as IPSA, is here to help you. By joining the largest trade organization created by and for pool and spa service techs, you gain access to industry networking opportunities, exclusive educational offerings, IPSA's Tech for Tech route coverage, and more. So be independent, supported, and part of a professional community. Go to IPSSA.com to learn how to be a member of IPSA today. Variable frequency drives on commercial pumps is a great opportunity for adding business and revenue. Mm, And it's easy to show a property owner how the payback in their electrical savings is pretty quick, just the same way we do with residential variable speed stuff. The savings, we've actually at times, we haven't done it in a while now, but we had uh, during the winter months when it's slow, a person, one of our senior techs or even a salesperson with the right knowledge would call on commercial properties and do, um, I'll say, an energy audit for them. Yeah. And the main thing we were concentrating on at the time is the addition of variable frequency drives to three-phase pumps for the savings on the energy for them and to drive some business for us in otherwise slower times of year. And we were targeting indoor pools because being in Chicago, of course, the outdoor pools, the payback is much more drawn out because they're only open, you know, four months or whatever out of the year where the indoor ones run year round. So uh, another one of those things to keep your eyes open. And and again, when you have the, the experience of things that are out there and how to do it um, opens a lot of doors. Oh, yeah. It's amazing what they've come up with, you know, like the 
CAP 5500, it has Wi-Fi to it, so it can send alerts to an app or to a website that you can log into, which I think that's great to have. I learned that it does ORP, it does pH, it does TDS and salt. It even gives a PPM chlorine, even though, you know, that's not what we go by, but that's kind of neat to be able to correlate those numbers so people who are just learning about ORP can kind of see where it needs to be, I guess. Yeah. You know, we, we've been using, I know I've said many times, we're primarily a Pentair dealer and on all yeah. construction, it's it's basically all Pentair stuff. We've been using Pentair's and Telechem chemical metering system for probably seven to eight years on every pool that we build. And we, this past year, maybe two years ago, I don't recall exactly, but we switched to their commercial version of that same unit mm-hmm. because it adds the ability of presenting a calculated PPM. And ORP is so hard for even people in our industry who have been doing this for years to really understand what that means and how to work with it. You throw it at a homeowner with a brand new, you know, $200,000 swimming pool in the backyard and they just really glaze over and say, it's kind of good because in many cases they say, oh, you guys will do this, right? You'll come out every week and take care of this for me so I don't have to. I'm like, oh, yeah, we'd love to do that for you. Thank you. But for the, uh, uh, that was one of the biggest learning curves in the the last handful of so years. So switching the commercial unit with calculated PPM helps them to kind of get where the two come together, you know, that, uh, that the ORP value and the PPM values have a relationship. It's not a direct relationship, but it gives them some sense of, what they maybe have seen or or used in other, you know, in a prior house with a pool or even if they had an above ground pool or a hot tub, you know, right? Everything is right. PPM. So well, and when you first start learning about pools, that's what's just thrown down your throat is parts per million, parts per million, parts per million. So when and I even remember taking in my um what's it called? CPO course. That's what they talked about. Yeah, they mentioned ORP, but they didn't go into it, which I personally think that CPO classes should go into or ORP more. Yeah. Because that's what we're dealing with at these sites. Yeah. And as technology, you know, today, um, 35 years ago, about the only systems we saw in our market were strand troll units that were extremely expensive only on commercial pools that were sort of the upper echelon of commercial pools. But the cost of that technology today is, well, to the point that we're putting them on every residential pool that we build, right? So there are definitely more and more of them out there. And and I would argue every commercial pool across the country should have a chemical metering system if they're not already required by you know, the the local health department or whatnot, that they should have that to really give the pool a better, safer environment yeah. overall. But oh, uh, yeah. yeah, so people, you're, yeah, I, I kind of agree that CPO should adjust their course a little bit to include a lot more information on ORP and, and how to deal with those units so that those CPO certified people have 
more knowledge presented by great people like Rudy and all the other CPO instructors across the country that that offer those courses. Yeah, because it's a huge market and there's a lot of money to be made in the commercial sector. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, there is. And it's a sector that um, there, you know, it's it's again a, a, a niche, right? It's it's I think we've talked before about finding those things that other people don't want to do. Yeah. And becoming very proficient at it and make sure you're charging your weight in gold for what you're doing, because it is. A limited uh, number of people who are providing that kind of work and Mm -hmm. our industry as a whole, you know. Really undervalues themselves far, far too much. You're, you're now in, a lot more than you think. In my area, um, like with Rob's, they're they're very well known for doing commercials. Um, they're like one of the go-tos. And I think people also have to, real, if they're starting to think that they want to do commercial, they need to understand the commercial mentality, I call it. Uh, and what I mean by that is, there's no waiting around for things to get fixed unless no. you have to wait for like a permit or approval or an inspection or something like that. Otherwise, it's it needs to be done now. We can't wait. We, you know, our tenants, our members, all of that are like, nope, we want this. This is what we want. It has to be done now. And you do almost anything you can to do that. Like one of the things that I did like hearing when I was standing there is cat controllers unfortunately do need to be shipped shipped to get fixed and there is a warranty issue but the reps were willing to work at getting um, like a loaner on hand at all times so that the pool would not be down while that repair warranty repair had to be taken care of you know this is where if you're going to be in the commercial sector you're going to have to keep pumps on hand or like, oh, you should have almost a whole system in your garage or your shop ready to go so that these pools aren't down because it's it's a big deal when it comes to commercials. Yeah, it sure is. And in our uh, market, you know, you were, you were talking about the work you did on that sand filter today. Um, and I'm sure this is common in many states or municipalities, the Illinois Department of Public Health governs everything that happens with commercial pools here. And if we wanted to change a piece of equipment for any reason, if we change it with the exact same piece of equipment, we can do it. No one cares, right? The health department's okay with it. You can just go on and do it. But if we wanted to change, say, a sand filter to a cartridge filter, or even in many cases, just simply changing a, a say a rotary dial valve to a push-pull backwash valve, Um, changing a chemical feeding pump from a certain make and model to a different make and model. The state of Illinois requires that we get a permit from the Illinois Department of Public Health, and we also have engineered drawings in almost every case showing what's going to be done, how it's going to be done, and, and so on. And you apply for a permit to do that. And the state of Illinois is not really quick at getting permits approved. There are many cases where we've had permits even as long as a year. Um, you know, we we did a project earlier this year, March or April, that was 
well over $100,000 worth of equipment upgrades to a commercial pool in the city of Chicago. And we were over a year in the permitting process from the state of Illinois to get that done. So to your, your point of the instantaneous need of commercial pools, it's a business for them. You know, that pool is a revenue stream of some sort. And we have a lot of properties in the city of Chicago where we will suggest that they consider buying second pieces of equipment identical to the first. And part of this project that I was just talking about was the they had one pump spec for the project. They bought a second to put in a closet for a rainy day. Yeah. Because of the fact that the state of Illinois is such a pain in the butt in getting a permit to change it to something else, they didn't want to take the risk that four or five, six years from now, they have a problem with the pump and they're shut down because they can't get the exact same thing. So they bought a spare pump, thousands of dollars, put it in storage and mothballed it so they've got it just in case. Yeah. And you're not going to find a lot of properties that do that. You know, the city of Chicago, they, they, it's both extremes. You've got the the properties that are that are like that, that you just dream of having as a as a client. And then you've got other properties that are, you know, bubble gum and flex tape and everything else to keep the thing going. Uh, I will say what I did learn when I was servicing commercials. Like when you look at your very first one you ever got to the you know, to what you get later on. Don't don't necessarily take every single commercial just because you think, oh, this is good money, because some of these rundown apartments are not good money. Uh, my very first commercial I ever had had a lot of issues and we had to get them taken care of. And one obstacle I had with them was I would say the pool was closed. They would open it anyways as soon as I would leave. They would, you know, they wouldn't test the water or they would have a tenant volunteer test the water. Um, I ended up on that one not getting paid a dime, mm-hmm. even did a lawsuit and still didn't get my money. Sure. So what I it's unfortunate. But what I've learned is you have to look at the neighborhood. You have to thoroughly examine the property. Right. And that's not just looking at the equipment room and the pool. You know, that's how are they taking care of the property in general? Like, do you see that there's a lot of garbage around? Do you see that the the they have a lot of external repairs that need to be taken care of? You know, because if they're not taking care of the property itself, why would they take care of the pool? Right. right. Um, you know, and, another thing that that it, it, when someone goes into taking on commercial work relative to not wanting to take on too much all at once, um, you have to consider other factors. So we operate with our residential accounts in a cash flow situation where we're always ahead of the game. It doesn't matter what we do. We've got money on file, either deposits or even payments in full before we're ever going out and doing the work. Commercial pools, it's very difficult to do that. So you're inevitably billing for your work and commercial pools tend to not pay very quickly. In many cases, you might want to be paid in 15 days or 30 days, but you may wait 60 or 90 days before you're actually paid. 
So your cash flow as a business really can be screwed up bad if you go, hey, I'm going to go jump into commercial work and that's all I'm going to do. You can put yourself out of business really quick because you don't have enough money to pay your bills and and keep food on the table. And the other thing I've, I've found through the years with commercial is that it's much more difficult to grow the customer loyalty to your business and your brand when dealing with a commercial property as compared to a residential property. You know, in our area, commercial properties almost all have management companies. Those management companies tend to come and go, and you may have a great rapport with the management company this year. The board at that property decides next year they're going to change to a different management company for some reason, and you won't even be able to get them to pick up the phone and talk to you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just done and out. Not unlike when a residential pool owner sells the home. You know, it's a flip of a coin. Are they going to are you going to be back out there in the backyard next week or is someone else that they've used at their prior property going to come in? But residential homes don't turn over as frequently as management companies and managers and the people in charge of the pool and all that kind of stuff. So those couple areas are just something to keep in mind as you jump into commercial that you, you want to make sure you're not spread too thin with your cash flow and, and putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And when you do, if you ever do make that choice to be exclusively commercial, just don't make that jump like right off the bat. I think it's a more of a transition. You know, you start with the residentials and you phase into the commercial because like you said, yeah, there's a lot of money that's tied up and you got to pay your workers. Yep, that's for sure. And then there are lots of commercial companies. Doesn't mean that they're all great, but doesn't mean they're all bad. And just, I think, don't badmouth each other. Like, you know, yeah, let's say your customer's not happy with them. The property's not happy. Oh, okay. Th- you know, you just listen to what they say and you you, you keep it in the back of your head. Because maybe if you hear from a bunch of properties that they don't like a particular company, then maybe you don't refer them out. But I wouldn't go around and be like, oh, no, they're really bad. Or I hear this. It's more of. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. That that's something that I I try to impress upon everyone is is you you never never badmouth anyone, never badmouth another pool company, a uh, uh, a property, a property owner. You you just like you're saying, say, oh, okay, thanks for letting me know, or whatever the case is, it didn't just move on with your day. Don't fall into uh, uh, the trap of, and it's such an easy thing to do. You know, we all know of of those entities, whether it's a, a client or a competitor that uh, we feel isn't, you know, the best person or, or whatever. And it's it's easy to talk bad about them. It's hard to take the high road, as they say, and not do that. But for sure, you don't want to fall into that. It'll come around and bite you in the ass at some point, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think we've had a good discussion to touch on the subject. (laughs) But I think, hey, if you guys are liking this subject, please let us know and we'll talk more about it. Um, I think these are a lot of great things to kind of get you, if you knew nothing about commercial, you kind of have little tidbits about it. Um, 
Absolutely. And, you know, the, as Kelly said many, many times, I think I have two the ideas are, uh, you know, we, we, we enjoy talking and, uh, but we'd enjoy talking more about things that you guys want to hear about. So yeah. if something that you think is interesting or important or that you maybe think you could pick up a few pointers here or there, let us know. Or if you have ideas that uh, on anything that we've talked about that you could share with us, that we could share with all the listeners to, you know, something that we didn't hit upon. That's even better yet. Yeah. So thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Kelly and Dan. And thank you to our sponsors, IPSA and. And the fact that we are sponsoring CMAC, which is an awesome, awesome organization that we talked about before we're we're thrilled to be involved on both ends of the the industry as far as giving and receiving exactly both great organizations if you're not familiar with them look into them see how they can help you be better at what you do and then we will probably next time give a little bit of how our how the pool show went and we'll come up with some new ideas based off of everything you guys tell us So thank you for listening to our show and we will talk again soon. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 